Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for July 6th, 2020. July 6th, 2020. So before I get into the word, let me just say this, that um, one of our sons has a birthday today, Joshua. So if you know Joshua, he turns 14 today, and Isabella and I, uh, we, we thank God for, for Joshua, and we, he is developing into a mighty young man. So if you know him, uh, release birthday blessings over him. And thank you for being a blessing to us and to our family. So I'm teaching a series entitled Faith and Patience. This is part 57. The title of today's message is Developing the Heart of God. Developing the Heart of God. I'm talking about walking in this world in harmony with the heartbeat of God, right? So oof, this is going to be good. Developing the Heart of God. Let's talk about it. So we've been studying the life of Joseph, and we're going to go back to it again today. The foundational scripture is James 1, 2 through 4. The Bible says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, you should see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it actually develops something inside of you, the power to endure all things. And then when this patient endurance grows stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, it releases perfection into every area, every aspect of your life to the point where there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. And that's what we want to get to, right? We want to be grown up Christians. We, we want to get to the point where we are mature believers in this world. Say amen to that. All right. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says that everything is going to happen in your life at just the right time. There's a time, there's a season for everything. So hold on. It's going to happen, but it's only going to happen in God's timing. And then lastly, Genesis 45, I'm not going to read verses 1 through 3. I'm just going to tell you the story and set the stage. So I'm going to set the stage, and then I got five things to share with you on this morning. This is why it took me so long to get here, uh, but let's get into it. Here we go. Let me set the stage. So last week, we saw that Judah proved to Joseph that, listen, they were a repentant bunch, right? So they didn't know that Joseph was the sultan, I mean, but, but they were displaying that they were changed men. The 10 brothers were no longer uh, holding on to hatred and bitterness and jealousy. They were displaying love and compassion to Joseph, even though they didn't know that that was their brother. And after Judah passionately pleaded the case for Benjamin, it was like, no, I would rather you take me than take Benjamin. Then Joseph in that moment was convinced that his brothers had changed. And once he was convinced that, that they had changed, he couldn't take it any longer. He, he was playing the role of Sultan and he was speaking to them through an interpreter, but he couldn't take it any longer. He was ready to expose himself. He was bursting uh, with love and forgiveness towards them. So, so he maintained his character for one last statement. He said, leave, clear out. Like, you know, everybody get out of here except for the brothers, right? And so all of his servants, they all left. And so through the interpreter, he tells them, get out. And so they get out. And now he's left there with, with his 11 brothers. And it's just Joseph and his 11 brothers. And so they're all together. 10 of them did him wrong, but it didn't matter at this point. He had been walking with God for 20 years. He had matured. He was ready to reveal himself. And in that moment, his emotions got the best of him. I mean, the Bible says that he 
he cried uncontrollably to the point where the Egyptians that were next door, they could hear him crying in the room. They didn't know what was going on. He just cried. He cried and he cried. Now the brothers are like, what is going on? They don't know because he hasn't told them yet. So they're like, what is going on? So he's crying and he's standing there and he's crying uncontrollably. And they're like, what's going on? And there he was after all of these years, he's reunited with his family. And after all of these years, the dream had come to pass. And after all the mess he had went through, I'm telling you, this is why I'm telling you that greater is coming for you. After everything he had been through, this was the moment. This was the season. This was the time. Everything is going to happen at just the right time. And this was the right time. And so there, he's there and his brothers are there and he's crying and all of this stuff. And the pit phase is flooding through his mind and, and the, the Potiphar phase is flooding through his mind and the prison phase is flooding. And he's like, oh my God, all of this stuff, it took me all of this to get to this point. And in that moment, through the tears, he says to them, I am Joseph. Is it true that my father is still alive? He was like, my God, I had to hold on to see Benjamin. And now I see Benjamin. Now I'm asking, Lord, please, I'm holding on to see my daddy. I held on for, for you guys, the 11 brothers. Now I'm holding on for daddy. The first thing that came out of his mouth after he said, I am Joseph, he says, is my father still alive? And the Bible says that the brothers were speechless. They were like, oh my God, they didn't know what to say. And so tomorrow, I'm going to deal with this tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to deal with a lot of stuff as, as it relates to the brothers or whatever. But for today, what does this mean to you, to you today? For, for, for this Monday morning, as we set the tone for the whole week, I'm going to share five things with you quickly, but in a parallel between Joseph and Jesus. I'm just going to talk about the, some of the stuff that I see in Joseph, that I see in Jesus, and what it means to us today. Five things real quick. I'm going to hit you with this, and then we'll get into this week. Here we go. Number one is patience. Joseph wanted to expose himself to his brothers the first time he saw him, but he patiently waited. Why did he wait? He wanted to see if they had changed. He waited to see if they had truly changed. And in the case of Jesus, listen, it's like that with him. He loves you. Even if you're not born again, if, if you, before you repent, he loves you. He loves you with an unconditional love, but, but you don't get the fullness of the revelation of who he is until you repent, until you repent, until you show brokenness, until you show repentance, until you repent of your sin and accept Jesus as Lord, you will never know him in his fullness until the brothers showed repentance, until they showed brokenness. Joseph was not ready to reveal himself in his fullness. And I'm telling you that God loves you. And, and, and if you know somebody, maybe you're watching and you are born again. Maybe you're watching and you're not. If you're not born again, then you need to come to God and give him your all. And as you give yourself to him, he will give himself to you. And, and so, so listen, God is exercising his patience. God, although he loves people and he loves everyone everywhere, but he won't reveal himself in his fullness until they come to him and they willingly establish the relationship until they willingly repent. So, so if you are a person that, that has been reserving yourself and holding yourself back from God, stop forcing God to be patient with you. Just let it go. Give yourself fully to God and God will give himself fully to you. Say amen to that. Number two is compassion. Let's talk about compassion. In Jesus's earthly ministry, we see several examples where the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. It was like he was compelled by compassion. You know what I'm saying? It's like he was just, when he looked at someone and, and he saw that they had a need, he was compelled by compassion to do something about it. When you develop in the love of God, listen, 
you are moved with compassion. Joseph had it going on. Joseph, during the seven years of plenty, was doing well. But then even in the seven years of famine, he was doing well because he had a plan. He was the number two man in all of Egypt. He was doing well. And when people would show up and they needed help, he had to operate in compassion. His brothers were standing there. His brothers did him wrong. He could have said, get out of here. He could have said, no food for you. But uh, like uh, in Seinfeld, the soup Nazi could have said, no food for you. You know. But no, that's not what he did. He operated in compassion. He did not allow his plenty to cause him to look over their lack. And so that's how it is with the believer. When you are truly walking in the love of God, there are going to be people where you're doing fine. I'm good. I got it going on. But you're, there are going to be people that are not good. And then they're coming to you. And, and, and what God wants is he wants for you to minister out of your overflow. He gives you more than enough. We serve a God of more than enough. God will take you from, from not enough to just enough to the land of too much stuff. And God will get you to the point where you have an overflow of love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and faith and influence and money. God will cause you to, to be in a point where you have more than enough so that you can operate out of compassion and meet the needs of others. And this is the heart of God. The heart of God bleeds for other people. But if you have no compassion towards others, if you if you can look at them in their plight and you're like, well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm good. Then, then really I have to question whether or not you're maturing in Christ. Because if you have the heartbeat of God, it's hard to look over the people that God will never look over. So if you're operating in sync with God's heartbeat, you will operate in compassion. Say amen to that. Number three, forgiveness. Oh, this is a big one. This is a, I don't know why. Listen, I could be preaching. It doesn't matter what I'm preaching about. If at the end, if, if the Lord leads me to say, hey, uh, uh, if you're holding on to bitterness, malice, unforgiveness in your heart, and God wants you to forgive today, come to the altar. The altar is always packed. And I'm talking about people that come to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and, and they love God, but for whatever reason, people are holding on. I've prayed for people that are holding on to bitterness. They say, I need to forgive my, my daddy. I was like, all right, fine. Let's, you know, where is he? Can you call him? No, he died. 17 years ago, and I'm still, I still haven't forgiven him. Like, how can you be in church Sunday after Sunday holding on to that mess? The brothers had done him wrong. Joseph was in a position to repay evil with evil. He could have done it. You know what I'm saying? And this was Old Testament. He could have done it. But instead of sentencing them for what they did wrong, Joseph forgave them and he blessed them. And he called, he says, listen, I could get you wrong if I wanted to, but I'm not going to do that. He operated in forgiveness. They came to him as broken men and he, he received them. And people are like, well, hold on, Jesus. Well, you know, like remember when the disciples said, wait a minute, this forgiveness thing is hard. How many times do you want us to forgive? Like what? Seven times in a day? Jesus said 70 times seven, 490 times. The point is it doesn't matter. No matter how many times they come, it, you should forgive them. And that is the will of God. Now, when I say that people are like, hold on, <clears throat> stop for a minute, Rick. Like, yeah, what's up? Okay, look, just to be clear, I'm not Jesus. You know, I'm not Jesus. So they come to me and they pull out the, Shh, I'm not Jesus card. So I'm not going to forgive like that. Okay, cool. But then you can't pull out the, I am like Jesus card. You can't pull out Philippians 4 and 13 when you're saying I can do all things through Christ when you're trying to get something that you want. You can't pull out the first John 4 and 17 card says, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. When you're asking God for something or you're going after that job or you're speaking over your business. Oh, I can do all things through Christ. I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. Well, then you can't pull out those cards and then turn around and pull out the I, I'm not Jesus card. Either you're like Jesus or you're not. 
And if you're like Jesus, the Bible calls us, the Bible says that Jesus is in you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So if God is in you and God forgives, then you can forgive. Stop making excuses. Listen, you can't just be like Jesus when it benefits you. You got to be like Jesus 24-7. Even when God is telling you to forgive somebody you don't want to forgive, it is time to let it go. And the church said, amen. All right. Number four, love. Uh, uh, Joseph operated in love. He had his his brother's best interest at heart, right? Instead of, instead of punishing them, he blessed them. He operated in love. He showed his love for them. I mean, like he cried uncontrollably, uncontrollably to the point where he was like, man, I am so happy right now. These were tears of joy and he was there to be a blessing to them. That's how it is with God. God loves us. God loves us with this unconditional love. And as we walk with God and mature in him, and this is what the series is about, we're supposed to walk in love and, and forgiveness and mercy towards others as well. The apostle Paul said something in Colossians 3 that I'm going to read for you that I think is very pertinent to where we are in the United States today. This is something that we need to hear. With all the mess going on, the Bible says, listen, don't be angry with each other. Forgive each other. If you feel as though someone has wronged you, forgive them. Forgive others. Why? Because the Lord forgave you. Together with these things, the most important part of your new life is to love one another. Listen, Paul said the most important part of your new life, born again in Christ, is to love one another. Love is what holds everything together in perfect unity. Let the peace that Jesus gives you control your thinking. For it is this peace that you were chosen to be together with uh, uh, with others all in one body and always be thankful. Paul was saying, listen, this is how we're gonna, we're supposed to walk in this world. Love one another, forgive one another, allow the peace of God to rule our hearts, think like Jesus thinks we're supposed to love. And I know this is, somebody right now is saying, come on, Rick. Uh, yes, no, this is what the Bible says. Stop making excuses. This is how we're supposed to live. It's time to grow up. Number five and finally, as we close, our goal is to develop the heart of God, right? Our goal should be, th- the message today is about developing the heart of God. As we walk with God, we're like, okay, well, I'm calling and commanded to walk and live by faith. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna exercise my faith for this, my faith for that. You know, I, and, and people, let's just be honest, they want stuff. And so they're like, I'm going to release my faith for this and this job and, and this business or this career or this school or this car, this house. All of that is cool. I got you. God, God doesn't have any problems blessing you with stuff. But you should want to develop in him. That's the goal. To develop the heart of God is the goal. When we walk with God in this world, we're supposed to be walking in harmony with, in sync with the heartbeat of God for this planet. This is what the Bible says about pastors. The Bible says that God gives us pastors according with, in accord or in harmony with his own heart so that the pastors can feed us with knowledge and understanding. So so God gives us people who flow in, in, in harmony with his heart, in accord with his heart. And, and when you're in accord with his heart, then you become like him in this world. So as I, as I release you into this week, I'm saying it is time for us to live in sync with heaven, to live in sync with the heart of God. That should be our goal. You're like, well, Rick, I thought this series was about faith and patience. All of it is together. It's faith and patience and compassion and forgiveness and love and mercy. All of that is the heart of God. And when we are, when our heart beats in harmony with, 
in sync with the heart of God, we will experience heaven in this world. Heaven on earth will be your reality on a daily basis as your heart is in sync with the heart of God. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I thank you for forgiving me of all the wrong I've ever done. I come to you with a repentant heart and a broken spirit. I thank you, Father, for looking past my faults and for seeing the plans you made for me before the world began. I thank you in advance for your compassion, mercy, grace, and love towards me. You bless me despite my performance, not because of it. And your capacity to love me helps me to expand my capacity to believe you. All things are possible for me because I know you love me. So this is why I boldly declare that greater is coming for me. You love me and I know it. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button and put your email address there. And you're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, go into this day, this Monday morning, set the tone for the whole week. Make sure right now that you are going to determine to live your life with the heart of God. You are going to develop the heart of God that you are going to live like Jesus in this world. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, share it on your social media, on your timeline with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I will see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.